0: Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets guarded aims. G-U-A-R-D-E-D, guarded aims. I'm covering a series and it's entitled AIM. My aim for this series is to encourage listeners to aim towards their God-honoring targeted goals all while keeping God first in their life and in their aims. So feel free to listen to the previous episodes in this series where I've had the opportunity to share different aspects that target in on the importance of consecrating one's aims before the Lord. Okay, when we are aiming towards God honoring targets, it is of extreme importance to be mindful of the aims we pursue and it is of extreme importance to properly discern if our aims are god-honoring or self-seeking are we forcing aims or are we yielding our aims to god sometimes a person can have a great goal a great aim god is being recognized jesus is being recognized the holy spirit is being recognized in the aim But is God being honored in the aim? Did God tell the person to do that aim? Did God tell someone to seek that aim, pursue that aim, do that aim? There is a difference. Because sometimes a person can be doing a God thing, but it's not the thing God told them to do. They could be doing a good thing, But it's not the thing God told them, the aim God told them to pursue. Okay, so if you have not already, feel free to listen to the previous episodes in this series as I target in on the motivational aim, Guarded Aims. And I want to visit an account in scripture when someone guarded their aims. And before I get into the scriptural biblical historical account I just want to encourage you to guard your aims and I know I'm going to say this more than once or some variation of it more than once throughout this episode because when God gives us aims it's easy for a person to get caught up in listening to other people following other people and these could be some you know, prevalent, dominant voices in your life that never steered you wrong. But when God tells you to do something, when he tells you to do something, yes, he can confirm it through other people. But sometimes other people don't understand what God told you to do. And that's why you have to, or that's why it's important to guard your God-honoring aims. Because God knows where he is leading you. And when he gives you that revelation... And he tells you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. You need to follow through with what he told you to do. There are individuals out there, groups of people who will do all they can, knowingly and unknowingly, to stop you or to stop someone from pursuing their God-honoring goals. A person could try to stop a God-honoring aim due to pride, ignorance, selfishness, bitterness, just anything. That's why you have to be alert, and you have to stay alert, and that's why you have to ask God for wisdom and discernment and revelation and power so you can be empowered and walk in boldness to do what he's commanded you to do. Okay, so what does guarded mean? So here's the definition, guarded means protected from being known, found, harmed, or taken. Guarded means to be kept safe, watched over and protected, defended, held in check, supervised, restrained, as by a guard. And that is the definition that I want to use, and that definition serves as the reference for this motivational aim. So, let me read it again. Guarded. Protected from being known, found, harmed, or taken. To be kept safe. To be washed over and protected. Defended. Kept from escape or trouble. Held in check. Supervised. Restrained as by a guard. Okay? Now. In Judges, the 13th chapter, and I encourage you all to read that passage of scripture in its entirety, along with Luke, the first chapter. But in Judges, the 13th chapter, this is what I want to go over. And here's a snapshot. Okay. Israel did what was evil in God's sight, and the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines. There was a man whose name was Manoah who had a wife, and his wife was infertile, and she had no children. An angel of the Lord appeared to the woman, the wife, and told her, Behold, you are infertile and have no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. The angel of the Lord told the woman some very detailed instructions on what her son should do and what he shouldn't do, what he should and could have and what he couldn't have. When the woman received the detailed instructions from the Lord, she told her husband everything that the angel of the Lord confirmed to her. And then she gave the specific instructions that the angel told her. Now, that is the snapshot, but what I want to do is review the importance of guarding your God-honoring aims. And I'm going to go into detail with this passage, but I encourage you, as I stated earlier, to go ahead and read this passage of Scripture on your own in its entirety. It is Judges, the 13th chapter, and you want to do that or read it on your own in its entirety you want to do that so you can hear and see what the Lord is showing and telling you. That's why you want to do it so God can communicate with you. There are some targeted lessons that we all can learn from in any passage, scripture, verse in the Bible regarding our individual God honored aims. Okay, now, one key target we can learn from this account in scripture as it relates to guarding your God-honoring aims, is it's important to guard one's God-honoring aims because when God reveals the aim to us, we cannot go backwards. It's in our best interest not to go backwards when God reveals the aim to us. And what I mean by that is, in Judges, the 13th chapter, We learn that Israel was oppressed and we learn that they needed to be rescued because their enemies were oppressing them. There was a need that needed to be fulfilled in Israel and God heard the cries of his people. Now, although they were disobedient and did evil in God's sight, God created a plan for their deliverance. And that could sound like some of our individual stories in our own life. We go through things. Sometimes we force some stuff. Sometimes we're oppressed. Sometimes it has nothing to do with our own fault. It's just something we're navigating through. God hears our cries. And God knows and he has a plan for our deliverance. Jesus is our deliverer. His word, God's word is our deliverer our Savior, when we do what God says to do. But God placed a God-honoring aim on the inside of a woman during this depressing time as outlined in Judges, the 13th chapter. So God put this aim on the inside of this woman and she most likely felt hopeless. She was in a situation, within a situation, not only was she oppressed going through things as a nation, Because she was a part of this nation, she was going through her own individual battles. She was in her own individual battle for a very long time. She was infertile. It seemed like she was stuck in oppression after oppression. Can she ever get out? Can she get a break? She possibly felt that her life was over. This is the way it's going to be forever. I've been going through this for years, several years. Nothing will ever change. It appears that my enemies are just victorious over me. They're stumping on me. They're getting over. They're getting by. It's wrong. i got my own problems. I feel inadequate. I feel unproductive. Not only do I feel it, I'm not producing anything. I'm stuck. And then one day, the angel of the Lord appears to her and tells her, behold... Yeah, you are infertile. And yes, right now you have no children. That's now. But you shall conceive and give birth to a son. See, for an angel of the Lord to tell this woman that, that angel knew something she didn't know. She was only looking at what she could see at that moment. The angel came to deliver the words from God which always produce fruit, and they always come into fruition. Everything God says comes into fruition. Never forget that, no matter what things look like. No matter how long you've been in a situation, God's word is true. He is not a liar. Whatever he says never returns to him void. So when God tells you something in his word is true, when God sends a man or woman of God to you to tell you something that goes against what you're doing or in right now. Not doing, but whatever state you're in right now, it looks like an oppressive state. It seems like you're stuck, you're stagnant. When a prophecy comes to you from the very words of God, or mouth of God, let me say that, it's coming into fruition. And when it comes into fruition or when the word is stated or said to you, you have to guard that aim because that word becomes your aim now. You have to guard it. Because some people are looking at, they're only looking at where you've been, what they've seen you doing all this time. It looks like you'll never get out of this. We've already wrote you off, but you know what God told you. You know what God said. It's done. You have to believe it. Receive it. Guard it. Because it's coming into fruition. It will manifest. You will have demonstrations of God's word. So the angel let her know, yes, you are in this condition or you were in that condition. Yes, you were in that situation. But this is where you are right now. That was in the past. And your past looks nothing like where God has taken you. Right now you're producing. It looked like nothing was working out. But right now, you shall have God honoring aims. You shall have a new start. You shall have a change. You shall produce. Now, after the angel told her that, there was no going back. There was no going back from that because God doesn't go back on his word. It's done. The aim was presented. And put into motion in her life right then and there by God. Now she had a responsibility to guard the aim. Although others around her probably thought their situation wouldn't change. Or her situation wouldn't change. Oh, she's been there for so long. I mean, look at her. She's just trying to make do. And don't talk about that in front of her. Don't, don't bring that up. God confirmed, oh, you don't have to go through that anymore. He's changed. This is the aim I placed on the inside of you. This is the aim that honors me, that's producing. Now it's up to you to accomplish what I told you to do. Don't go back. Guard your aim. Now, the woman possibly thought okay, God gave me this. I need to accomplish this aim. God gave me these instructions. I can't go back. My mind is renewed. I used to be that. I'm not that anymore. My life has totally transformed and changed. It was between me and God. Nobody heard it. Nobody saw it. Just me and God know about this right now. I'm going to do what God told me to do, and I'm going to fulfill what he placed on the inside of me. See, when God confirms your conceived God-honoring aims, there is no going back for you. Although people can't see what God confirmed in your life and they can't see what the Lord has conceived on the inside of you, it's buried, it's covered, you can't afford to go back. Your life is in motion for change and not only is your life in motion for change, other people's lives are in motion for change because they're impacted by the motion of your change. So don't abort what God placed on the inside of you. Also, don't thwart your God-honoring aims, okay? They are in motion now. Yeah, people knew you when you didn't have that aim, when that aim wasn't conceived on the inside of you, when everybody thought you were unproductive. Yeah, they knew you back then, and that could have been a second ago. Literally. Literally, that could have been a minute ago. That could have been an hour ago. Once a person has a renewed mind, it's a done deal. Somebody can make up in their mind just a second ago, oh, I ain't doing that no more. I'm through. I'm done. That was just a second ago. They were doing it for 20 plus, 30 plus, 50 plus, 10 plus, 6 plus years, 2 plus years. Everybody who knows them knows, oh, that's their condition. That's what they were doing. That's where they want to be. Leave them alone. Then one day they get a revelation or one day they yield to God or one day an angel of the Lord or a word of God comes to them and they see the light. They have a revelation, as I mentioned earlier, of I'm not doing this anymore. I'm through. What they have to do now is guard their aim. So everything can be carried out the way God wants it to be carried out. Once a person has a renewed mind, man, it's over. The person can reform, revitalize, renew, recreate their life just from a renewed mind. At any point in time. That's why you have people changing and doing new things, changing their lifestyle, changing who they converse with, changing what they accept, changing their hairstyle, changing their homes, changing the way they do things, changing what they put in their body, changing what they eat, changing what they watch why because they had a renewed mind changing where they go and not only do they have a renewed mind they are guarding they're guarding their aims because they know i was doing that but i'm not doing that anymore i'm never going back and you see that so many examples not only in the bible but just think about people you know think about you the things that you've changed, and you know, oh, I ain't going back. I ain't going back at all. But it wasn't until you received a word. The aim is to guard your aim or your aims because everything God confirmed about you and conceived on the inside of you is going to be established and accomplished. You shall give birth to your God-honoring aims. But you have to guard them from your own doubts, what things look like, the oppression that you're experiencing internally and externally. You have to guard them from all types of outside factors and inside, internal factors. Because there are so many enemies within and on the outside and the ultimate enemy the well-known one, seeking to steal, kill, and destroy your God-honoring aims. But he can't do that. He cannot steal, kill, and destroy your God-honoring aims if you are guarding them and allowing God to guard them for you by yielding the aims to God. But you have to guard your God-honoring aims Because your God-honoring aims that are conceived on the inside of you are so strong, so powerful. For those who've read Judges, the 13th chapter, 14th chapter, you know this woman, when she conceived this baby and she had this baby, this was not an ordinary child. That aim was not ordinary. That harvest from that aim wasn't ordinary. It was powerful. Same thing with your aims. That's why you have to guard them. Another reason one should focus on guarding their God-honoring aims is because God confirmed that aim to you in a way that is unforgettable, undeniable, and unquestionable. The aim is unforgettable Because the way God confirmed that aim to you in your life, when he confirmed it, it's totally impossible to forget how things happened. It's forever impressed in your memory. The aim is undeniable and unquestionable because it cannot be denied or disputed. There's no room for doubt because God said it to you. He confirmed it. It's not open for question. So let's look at Judges, the 13th chapter. Let's look at Samson's mother, that aim, that seed, that God-earned aim that she had. Before that aim was confirmed, Samson's mother was unable to produce those aims because of her infertility. But when the angel of the Lord visited her, confirming that the god honoring aims the Lord planned for her would come into fruition, she had to guard what God told her because the way the confirmation of the God-honoring aim came to her was unforgettable. It was undeniable and it was unquestionable. Now, do you have any God-honoring aims that you know the Lord has confirmed in your life? Are the God-honoring aims God confirmed in your life undeniable, unforgettable, and unquestionable? Well, if you answered yes, then you will have to guard those aims. Why? Because there might be some individuals, including yourself, if it's not checked, who will question what God confirmed in your life. You don't have time forgetting what God confirmed. You don't have time denying what God confirmed in your life. He said what he said to you is going to happen. God is not a man. God does not lie. God is not human. So God does not change his mind. God has never spoken and failed to act. God has never promised us anything and not carried it through to fruition. He's never done that. Now, if you want to read that promise, that can be found in Numbers twenty-third chapter in the 19th verse. And it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? So I say that so you can keep that in the back of your mind. Oh, not the back, in the forefront of your mind. To guard your aims and guard your heart. Sometimes as we wait for the God-honoring aims of ours to be achieved, it looks like nothing's happening. (laughs) It looks like everybody else is prospering. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm over here trying to do what the Lord told me to do and I know this honors God but it looks like the things that are not honoring God whatsoever, they're taking off. Looks like people who or things set in place that do not honor God, they're getting all this notoriety, all this praise, all of this recognition but I'm over here doing something for God according to what he said and commanded me to do and it looks like it's taking a long time. It looks like it's not taking off. It looks like nobody cares. It looks like, oh my goodness, am I going crazy? Am I dumb? What's going on? It looks like things are going backwards. What is the deal? It looks like everybody who's doing something not for God or not even honoring God in their actions, words, or deeds, boy, they, they living this smooth life, smooth sailing. Well, I'm over here Look like everything topsy-turvy, upside down. Why is everything going so slow? Why are things happening the way that they are? Well, when those thoughts come into your mind as you guard your God honoring aims, you have to remember Isaiah, the 55th chapter, in the 8th through the 9th verse. And it says, My thoughts, this is God speaking to us. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's God talking to us. In our state of thinking, Lord, what's going on? That right there, he, He just told us. And everything He said is true. So we have to believe it, receive it, and guard it, and live it out. We have to guard our hearts guard our mouth and guard our aims and do what Proverbs the third chapter in the fifth through the sixth verse says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight and understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him and he, Referring to Father God, and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Now, although things don't look like or the path our aims are traveling on don't look like the route we would have put them on, God knows what he is doing. Sometimes those God-honoring aims are traveling and disguised at the same time. For our benefit. See, your aims could be disguised from your enemies. Disguised from the wrong people trying to put their hands on your aims. And that could be the very reason why God has you in a particular zone. It looks like, man, why I'm not going forward? What's going on? I feel like I'm stuck. God could possibly have you there for a reason Because some people, they know what's on the inside of you. They don't know. They have an idea of what is possibly on the inside of you because of how you carry yourself and how you keep God first. And they see what you produce outside of this God-ironing aim that seems to not be produced. And they see that you're productive in different areas. So they want to put their hands on you in some way, shape, or form. And God could be disguising the very thing you think as, Lord, what's going on? Why, 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 why? He's disguising it from those very people who mean you no good. Disguising it. Not only for your benefit, but the disguise is there for God to get the glory also. So no matter the God-honoring aim You have to guard it, because not only will the aim be unforgettable, unquestionable, and undeniable, the manifestation and demonstration of the achieved aim will be unforgettable, undeniable, and unquestionable. All while God gets the glory, the praise, and the honor, and the appreciation. And people will know full well, oh man, God did that for you. And all of what we're going through and all of what you were going through personally and all that stuff that had you or tried to keep you down, all those obstacles, God did that for you. Because in all your ways, you acknowledged and recognized him. And he made your paths straight and smooth and removed obstacles That blocked your way, blocked your God-honoring aims. So that's why you have to guard your aims. Another reason why you should guard your aims is because your aims come with specific detailed instructions. When you read Judges the 13th chapter, the third through the sixth verse, that angel from the Lord gave Samson's mother, the woman with the God-honoring aim, he gave her specific detailed instructions. And God gives us specific detailed instructions also to follow when it relates to our God honoring aims. Why? Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts and His ways are not our ways. The way we think things should go and the way we should do something, or we think we should do something, that's not even on the same scale of what God has planned for us. So it's in our best interest to follow God's syllabus that He designed for us to follow. Yes, it's a challenge. Yes, it requires trust. Yes, it requires faith. Yes, it's hard work. But the end result is the very thing we want, and it's always better than what we could have asked for, thought, or imagined. So I encourage you to read and look at Samson's mother when God gave her those specific, detailed instructions. For guarding her God-honoring aims, okay? So that's found in Judges, the 13th chapter, and the 3rd through the 6th verse, all right? Okay, target number four on why one should guard their God-honoring aims. It's important to guard your aims because those aims that God gives you that are God-honoring are set apart for God. They're set apart for God's need and God's glory. And you can refer to verse number 5 of Judges 13th chapter. But you can't do what everybody is doing. You can't live the way everybody is living. You are set apart. You are chosen. You are predestined. And if you want to read the proof and confirmation that you are set apart, that you are chosen, that you've been predestined, Read Romans the 8th chapter in the 29th through the 31st verse. Read that on your own. Matter of fact, read Romans the 8th chapter in its entirety. Target number five. Guard your aims because your God-honoring aims have a confirmed purpose of impact and influence. Once again, read Judges the 13th chapter in its entirety and then read The Life of Samson. And you'll see, if Samson's mother did not guard her aims, where would she be? Where would he be? Where would several other people be? The God-honoring aim on the inside of her had a confirmed purpose of impact and influence, but it had to be guarded so it could produce the way God wanted it produced. That's why God gave her specific detailed instructions on how to carry out this aim. And the instructions had to come to her because, yeah, everybody could have gave her advice. Think about it. She was infertile. She didn't have a baby. It's no telling how long she wanted this baby. And people probably had grandchildren and she was on her first child. Great grandkids, she possibly was on her first child. And you know how it is when people have experience in an area, they know you're a novice to their very area in life. And they feel like they're an expert. And yeah, they possibly did some great things with their aims. But God... Wants to let us know, okay, yeah, they did what they did with their aims, but, you know, your aims are going in a totally different direction. So they might say it's okay to do A, B, and C, but I've commanded you not to do A, B, and C. So who are you going to listen to? Yeah, those look like some great aims over there, but you don't know what's behind those aims. You don't know what's behind those seeds. You don't know how that came to be. So you're thinking, oh, those, they're successful. Okay, I'm going to do my life or pattern my life according to how they did it. And God gives you some specific detailed instructions of, no, you're not doing that. Yeah, you possibly were imagining, when I get this aim, if I ever get this aim, this is what I'm going to do because they did it. And God comes and tells you, no, oh, no, you're not doing that. This is what you're going to do with this aim. This is what you're going to do with this seed. This is what you're going to do with this child. This is what you're going to do with what I told you to do. That's what you're going to do. And you have to guard it. Because it could be some people around you who mean well, knowingly and unknowingly, giving you advice based off of their experience or what they think and their opinions. And it could be good, but it's not what God told you to do. That's why you have to guard what God told you. Because there are going to be a lot of outside voices. Well, you should do this. Well, so-and-so did. All of that. Guard what God told you to Guard. And you will never, ever fail. Target number six, guard your aims, your God-honoring aims, so that other people's reservations regarding the validity of your God-honoring aims don't lead you in a different direction. What do I mean by that? When the angel of the Lord, when you read Judges, the 13th chapter in its entirety, when the angel of the Lord visited the woman who carried the God-honoring aim and told her specific detailed instructions on what to do, how to guard her God-honoring aims. Why? Because those aims would indeed come into fruition. When the woman received those instructions and she believed what God said, she went to go tell her husband. And this is what Judges, the 13th chapter, in the 6th through the 13th verse says, Then the woman went and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he came from, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, You shall conceive and give birth to a son, and now you shall not drink wine or any other intoxicating drink, nor eat anything ceremonially unclean, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. Now, you see how the woman, the wife, went to her husband and shared everything that the angel confirmed to her regarding her aims you see that when you read it she was very detailed and then the way she shared the information was in a way where she was on the offense and what I mean by that is she was shutting down any doubt coming her way any questions that might be asked in a way to make it appear that she didn't know she was talking about she just shut it down so you see that and you read it And how she responded to her husband. I mean, let's go back to it. It says, a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. See right there, she shut some stuff down. She shut down any room for doubt. And it could have been because she possibly knew what her husband would say. And how he would say something to make her question what she experienced and what God confirmed in her life. So she respectfully shared the aim because the aim would impact him also. But she let him know, hey, I love you. I respect you as a leader in this home. I submit to your God-honoring authority. But um, the Lord came to me. And the Lord showed me and confirmed some aims to me that I would produce. The man of God came to me and before you get to asking me oh what he looked like then how you know if he really was a man of God do you know what a man of God looked like oh so he looked like an angel of the Lord so w- what that looked like before we go down that rabbit trail a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God very awesome you see she shut it down and before you get to ask me okay where he come from then I did not ask him Where he came from. And he did not tell me his name. If you get to ask me what was his name. Where he from and all of that. And then in verse 7. The wife shares the aims in detail. When she says. But this is what he said to me. Behold you shall conceive and give birth to a son. And now you shall not drink wine or any intoxicating drink. Nor eat anything ceremonially unclean, for the boy shall be a Nazarite to God from birth to the day of his death. See, with that information presented in that way, in that form, that is an example of someone guarding their God-honoring aims, not disrespecting anyone, but not creating any gates or portals or open passageways for other people's doubts to come in to distract them or cause them to go or lead them in a different direction because of their or the other person's doubt, dismay, despair, or distractions or disbelief. And sometimes you'll have to do that. And you'll know who to do it with and to do it to. Then when we read in verse 8, It lets us know that the wife was on target with the guarding of her aims because this is what happened with her husband. This is verse 8. Then Manoah pleaded with the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do for the boy who is to be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. Then Manoah got up and followed his wife and came to the man and said to him, are you the man who spoke to this woman? He said, I am. And Manoah said, now when your words come true, what shall be the boy's manner of life and his vocation? The angel of the Lord said to Manoah, the woman must pay attention to everything I said to her. You see how the angel of the Lord told him, the husband, the woman must pay attention to everything I said to her. Why was that? It could be because the woman had the God honoring aim in this particular situation, in this setting. The woman had the God honoring aim. The woman did not need anyone's validation, she didn't have to have or heed to other people's reservations. Of course, she didn't disrespect her husband and her family. But the husband and her family members, they did not have the aim. And since they didn't have the God-honoring aim God conceived on the inside of her to pursue and do, she wasn't going to allow anyone to stop her. See, God gives you the very thing you've been praying for. The very thing that you've been waiting to happen in your life, it comes to you. It's yours now. Situation changes. You're waiting for the fruition, the manifestation, the demonstration of it to be seen on the outside. But it's already a done deal. You go tell certain people about that. And they're trying to, let's say they try to dissuade you from thinking what God told you. Are you going to allow that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Your life is on a whole different trajectory. You're not even trying to hear what anybody has to say. You're ready to fight anybody trying to come between what God blessed you with. And you know this is the aim God gave you and it honors him. You're not even trying to hear nobody. You're not. You're not. You're not disrespecting anybody, but you're not playing anybody's games. But people feel like you have to go down their checklist to see if your God honoring aims are from God or not and you already know what God told you just like Samson's mother she knows what God told her she knows what the angel of the Lord confirmed to her and what the angel of the Lord told her to do which was from the very mouth of God she she wasn't playing And the angel of the Lord wasn't playing, and God wasn't playing either. Although the husband prayed, the aim didn't change. The aim was still within that God-honoring woman, carrying that God-honoring aim. And that's a revelation and a confirmation for us to know that when God gives you the aim, He's going to stay with it, with you, until it's fulfilled. Now, if it gets to the point where you reject it and you, oh, I don't want that. Okay, God can use someone else. But if you're willing, you're obedient, you will be successful and you will eat the good of the land. You will eat the good of the aims God put in you to produce. You eat the harvest from the seed. You'll enjoy the harvest from the God honoring seed God placed on the inside of you to produce. But if you get to the point where, well, I guess I'm not smart enough to know what this aims about, and let me release everything that God told me to give to you, even though God gave it to me, and you don't think I'm worthy, so let me go ahead and no. And if you guard your aims, God will endorse your guarding. Look what God did right here. This woman guarded her aims. When her husband prayed, he got his answer, but he couldn't mess anything up. He was put in his place to know, okay, yes, God gave her that aim. I'm to obey what God told her, do what God told her to do. And I'm supposed to respect this aim and bless this aim. It's not mine to take over. And that's a lesson for us. When God gives other people God-honoring aims, it could be your child, grandchild, spouse, sibling. If God gave it to them, it's your job to yield. Not, God wouldn't give you that. He would have gave it to me. Let me me take that. God knows how to confirm the aims to the unbeliever as well. Guard your aims and let God take care of the rest. When people don't understand or believe you, they might not tell you, but God will confirm it just like he did right there in that moment in time with Samson's mother and father. You see how the husband pleaded with the Lord? Pleading could have come because he wasn't used to somebody else getting a revelation or somebody else getting an aim or receiving an aim outside of him. And he knew that God honored aim from his wife that she received. It was so detailed. There's no way she could have made this up. And I can't refute what she's saying because she's shutting stuff down. She guarding it. And I don't want to make it look like she didn't receive anything from you guys. So God needed to come uh I need you to come tell me what's going on. Scripture says he pleaded, pleaded with the Lord. And the Lord heard him and answered him and confirmed everything God told his wife. It was reiterated that the instructions were already given. The syllabus has already been provided and given to her. Believe what I told you. Believe what I told your wife. Pay attention and do what I already told her to do. Get in line with that. And that's a word right there. God knows how to confirm aims With the people in your life. The seventh target point that I want to address as it relates to the importance of guarding your God-honoring aims is when the aim has been confirmed by God and people provide their reasonings and action steps on what you need to do. Make sure that you guard your aims because sometimes some individual's reasonings and action steps are or could be rooted in fear, disbelief, and it can lead to dissuasion. And we see that in Judges, the 13th chapter in verses 10 going to the 25th verse. If we look at the husband, the husband wanted proof that the God-honoring aim from his wife was real. And then God confirmed all of those aims, those God-honoring aims to be real. And then after the aims were confirmed, in verse 21, after the sacrifice was given to the Lord, the husband started saying things that attributed to a possible death of the God-honoring aim that God had already confirmed. And then the wife guarded her aims when speaking to the husband in verse 23. And she says something to the effect of, if the Lord desired to stop or kill the God-honoring aims, he wouldn't have confirmed the God-honoring aims and received a offering from our hands. And then God wouldn't have showed us what he showed us about the God-honoring aims. See, I wanted to point that out so you could go ahead and read that. So you can see that when you guard your aims, it might require you to shut down people's doubts. Because they don't have the revelation. They don't have the God-honoring aims that you do. They don't understand the assignment that God placed on the inside of you to carry. But you do. You receive the instructions. You receive the assignment. You know. They didn't receive the instructions directly from God. You did. And you had to go tell them what was about to happen. But even in you telling them or sharing with them the God-honoring aim as directed by God, they might not believe, but God knows how to confirm it in their life. They could even rejoice with you. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's, that's great. Okay. But then the very next word out of their mouth is doubt. Over the very thing, the very aim, they just rejoiced with you over. They just rejoice with you. And right after the rejoicing, Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work. You think it's going to work? Maybe it won't work. Maybe you read that wrong. You sure you read that right? You sure the Lord came to you? I mean, where you get them directions from anyway? How you come up with that? You ain't smart enough. Are you sure? That's why you have to guard what God told you. Because if you do not, other people will put their standards, their fears, their aims on you. That have nothing to do with where you're going and what God told you to do. And they can mean well all day long. And they could be a good person all day long. But good person meaning well and doing what God says to do, totally different things. Totally different things. The aim is to guard what God told you and choose life. Choose what He told you to do. Don't pick up other people's doubt and fears. <laughs> and outside of doubt and fears, don't pick up anybody's little stupid games they play. You tell them you're God honoring Amen. They want to give you the silent treatment. They don't understand that that's helping you out. Their silence is helping you out because they're shutting up and getting out of your way. I'm not going to talk to you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, you just don't know. Oh, you just don't know you've exposed yourself. I'm not going to help them out. No weapon formed against me will prosper. God creates help for me in every situation in life, no matter what it is. You are not stopping nothing. All you're doing is messing yourself up. So... Don't get caught up in this. I have this God-honoring aim. What if they never speak to me again? Well, that could be why God gave you the aim. So you would never speak to them again or they would never speak to you. That's a part of the aim. He already knew that. It was for you to see. God knows who they are. God knows what they would do. He gave you the aim because he knew you would be successful in pursuing and doing what he said to do <laughs> so somebody not speaking to you that's not going to stop your god-honoring success if anything is making room for the right people to come converse and speak to you okay so the seven target points on why a person should guard their god-honoring aims are as follows number one Guard your aims because there is no going back. The aim is in motion, and you can't afford to go back to what things used to be and what you used to be. Number two, guard your aims because God confirmed your aims to you. Number three, guard your aims because God already provided you with specific, detailed instructions on how to live with the accomplished aims in your life. Number four, guard your aims because those aims are set apart for God. They're set apart for God's need, and they are set apart for God's glory. Number five, guard your aims because your God-honoring aims have a confirmed purpose of impact and influence. Number six, guard your aims so other people's reservations regarding the validity of your God-honoring aims don't lead you in a different direction. And number seven, guard your God-honoring aims so that when other people provide their reasoning and action steps on what they think is best or what you need to do, You can discern if their suggestions are rooted in fear, disbelief, which is an inroad to create dissuasion from what God told you in your life, all right? The scriptures that I would like to leave you with for meditating purposes include the following Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and the 23rd verse. And this is what it says, keep thy heart With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's the King James Version. Let me read that same scripture, Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and the 23rd verse in the English Standard Version. This is what it says. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. In the New International Version, this is what it says. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Alright, this is Proverbs again. Proverbs, the fourth chapter in the 23rd verse in the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. This is the New King James Version. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. In the Amplified Bible... This is what it says, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life. The Christian standard Bible version, this is what it says, guard your heart above all else for it is the source of life. And then the passion translation states, so above all guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. And in the message translation, and I'm still referring to Proverbs, the fourth chapter in the 23rd verse. This is what the message translation states. Keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all side show distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust." But that message translation is not playing with nobody, okay? As you continue to aim towards your God-honoring targeted goals, guard your God-honoring aims. God gave you those aims. God breathed those aims onto you and in you. God called you to those God-honoring aims. And God gave you clear instructions on those God-honoring honoring aims you are responsible for guarding your god-honoring aims you're responsible for that don't allow people situations to snatch your god-honoring aims from your heart all because whoever's trying to snatch them they lack vision they're envious they're jealous they're disrespectful they're rude (laughs) they're evil they're hateful They're misguided. They lack understanding. They don't have any vision. They don't believe. They don't want you to supersede them. They don't believe that God gave you such great of an aim. He would have gave that same aim to them, so they try to snatch it. And then sometimes people want to snatch aims from being conceived or producing because it's going to be an indication of what they have failed to do, what they don't want to do, and how they do not want God leading them. So you have to guard your aims. You know what God told you to do. It's time to walk in boldness, faith, confidence, and righteousness. And what God promised, He will fulfill in your life as you guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your mouth, and guard your God honoring aims. All right. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit Dr. KenitraBryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Remain encouraged. Peace and God bless.